Hello, my name is Ryan Wynn, and this is How It's Reported, a podcast from the Emerald Podcast Network, where we talk about how reporters do the work we do. Today, I have... Hannah Kanick. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. Doing pretty well. You have a final today, right? You mentioned this before the podcast. I do, so as well as I can be doing. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to be optimistic. Yeah. So how about you tell us about the cover story you wrote for this week's edition of The Emerald? Yeah, for sure. Um, My story this week was about the 10-year construction plan on campus, which is basically a document that the university created that kind of outlines their intentions of what they'd like to be built over the next decade. Um, A lot of the plan isn't set in stone so a lot of it's still in stone yeah (laughs) there we go (laughs) it doesn't um it's not been approved by the board of trustees yet so there's still some uncertainty surrounding the plan but it just kind of shows that the university has a lot of ambitious plans of what they'd like to be built on campus so yeah yeah so media savvy readers may notice that this story is a little different in that it's mostly centered around well it's based a lot on this document Could you tell us how you first heard about it? Yeah, um, I was actually looking through some old Board of Trustees um, meeting documents. They're all public online. And I was just kind of scrolling through this incredibly long PDF of all of the um, PDFs. Yeah, of all of them. It was like ridiculous, like 100 pages or something. But by page 60 something, I came across the um, 10 year campus plan. And what really stood out to me was there was a chart that showed the timeline of the next 10 years on campus. And within that, chart, it showed every single construction project staggered out. So it was going to be constant construction from now until 2031 or something weird like that. But that really jumped out. Yeah. And I was like, that that's a story right there. So yeah. So I was also wondering what made you think that it was a story? We hear about construction all the time. And some may maybe cynical, more cynical readers may be like, oh, there's construction all the time. How is that news, putting the new in news? Exactly. No, I I completely agree. I feel like construction's kind of like the weather where it affects everybody pretty similarly, where we all talk about it. Um, but the fact that we had 10 years of planned construction on campus, that felt important to me because um, construction, like you said, it it's kind of been going on for a while and a lot of people are upset and disgruntled and would like it to end. But it's important to know that there's not really going to be an end in construction on campus. Yeah. And you dove a little bit deeper than just the fact that there's going to be construction for the next 10 years. Could you tell maybe readers who haven't read your story, which is going to be in the description below mm-hmm. um, and should go to the description and read it a little bit about it just to give them a sort of idea. Yeah, just about the story in general. Yeah. Yeah. So I talk about the um, campus plan. And then I also talk about how students are um, responding to it, how their opinions factored in as well. And then also a big portion of the story centers around how these projects are paid for. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about all of our tuition dollars are going to fund all these capital projects, which just isn't the case. Yeah. I like how um, sometimes if you look through like the UO social media posts, someone's like commenting, especially on posts about construction, someone comments like, oh, are you using student tuition dollars to pay for this? <laughs> and then the UO like claps back and it's like, oh no, this is from a private donation. Yeah. <laughs> Those are incredibly funny. <laughs> it's found on like every single post, like you were saying. And it's, it's funny because I feel like as students, you should educate yourselves on where your money is going and 
Um, like you said, a lot of the construction plans are funded through donations or they take out um, state funding or they take out some debt to pay for portions of the project. So. Yeah. So going back to the idea of documents, you said that you were scrolling through like these long, 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 long PDFs and you report on um, the Senate, the University Senate, not the ASUO Senate. Yeah. And you also report you do have, you've done a bit of construction work. Yeah. Yeah. So is digging through documents, how much of like your daily work is that? Just looking through stuff. It depends. <laughs> um, it depends on the week and what news is, is happening. But I'd say a good portion of finding stories and um, researching for stories definitely centers around just searching through documents, figuring out what's important, what's not important. I think that's one of the biggest challenges is seeing a 100-page document and looking at the table of contents and saying, okay, what's the most important thing? I don't need to get burnt out reading every single word of this. And Yeah. Yeah. So I was wondering if you could also take us through your sort of reporting process. You talk to students, you talk to admin, you talk to a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Could you just take us through that and explain why you did what you did? Yeah. So um, after I read the initial document, I kind of just pulled out a notepad and started writing down a bunch of questions that just as an observer I had. Um, and then I started kind of backtracking and figuring out who could answer those questions best. Um, I first reached out to Jamie Moffitt, who's the chief financial officer at the university. Um, um, quick question. What does the chief financial officer do exactly? Yeah, yeah. Um, she basically is kind of the person that oversees the budget for the university and figures out how it can function and where money needs to go and all that fun stuff. So she's kind of like the the logistics coordinator of the money. Yeah, and you've talked to her before, right, for yeah. some stories? Mm-hmm. I talked to her for a story about um, the university's growing or is planning to grow by 3,000 students over the next eight years um, to increase tuition revenue. So, yeah, and, I talked to her um, yeah. for that story. Um, and then for this story... I basically wanted to kind of get more information about the tuition aspect and like the funding of all these projects because it is kind of complicated and no one construction project is going to be funded the same as another. So there's definitely it's very circumstantial depending on each project. So she was able to kind of speak to that um, and illustrate some examples, um, which was really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. What else did you do? I noticed you talked to like a lot of different people in this. Yeah. um, After I talked with Jamie. Um, she was actually very generous and gave me this spiral-bound um, notebook full of... Wait, like an actual notebook? A physical notebook? It was um, like a printed version of the plan. So it wasn't okay. like a personal notebook. But <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of weird. Um, but no, it was basically... It explained all the different projects. And it was much more in-depth than the initial plan that I found um, on the Board of Trustees website. Um, and then from there, I contacted Michael Harwood, who was the one who helped create the initial document. And he was able to talk about how each of these projects are selected, what sort of criteria they look into, and um, how they determine what projects are important to not only students, but faculty and staff. Yeah. So was it hard sort of untangling all this like messy jargon about construction and plans and stuff while reporting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. I'm not going to act like it wasn't. It was. Um, I think there's a lot of, like you said, jargon and technical language that it's important to figure out what it, they're actually saying before you dive into like what that means. But yeah, I think that was one of the, the biggest struggles. And then also 
picking what information was the most important throughout the story. Because like I said before, it was a lot of information and there are things that didn't necessarily make it into the final story that are still somewhat relevant, um, but not necessarily like pivotal to the story. Yeah. And along that, what would you say is like the most difficult part of what was the most difficult part of reporting the story and working on it and stuff? Yeah, I think um, one of the hardest parts of the story was figuring out how I wanted to tell it because um, there was just a lot of moving parts and being able to kind of make this story start in a way that people wanted to keep reading it was really important because it is kind of like kind of boring when it comes to construction. Like you said, you have to make sure you identify why it's relevant and why it's new. So being able to kind of frame it in a way of this is an issue, this is a lot of money, this is a long-term plan, and then include some student testimonies as well. Um, I think that was kind of the the biggest struggle of writing it. Yeah. Something you bring up is conflict. Is there, like, in the story, like, as you see it, a sort of central conflict, I was wondering? Yeah, I think one of the main conflicts would be between kind of students being upset by the inconvenience of construction and then administrators and faculty wanting construction to kind of progress and keep the university updated. Um, there's a lot of reasons why construction is happening on campus. The university is planning to grow its student body by 3,000 students. And um, there's a lot of older buildings that need to be updated so that they're not only comfortable but safe for students to be in. Um, so there's a lot of logical reasons that we need to update campus, but it unfortunately has a, a pretty like noticeable impact on like the day-to-day life for students. Um, one of the girls that I spoke to for the story, one of the students, she mentioned, I came here for the brick buildings and the trees, not all the cranes and caution tape. And I was like, yeah, I think I think a lot of people feel that way. But it's also, it's really important to make sure that we're staying with the times and we're being updated. So I think there's this conflict of like the nostalgia of the old campus and like wanting to hold on to that, but also making sure that you're like moving forward and being the best you can be. Yeah, I like how your story ended with this quote about, I'm not, I don't entirely remember who it was from, but the quote basically talked about how all the stuff we enjoy on campus nowadays was because people in years past started building stuff for future generations like us, like how there's the new part of the EMU and the old part of the EMU. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was a quote from um, Mike Harwood. But yeah, I think that definitely summed it up. And I think that was one of the reasons why we ended the the story with that, just because it really ties it all nicely together. Yeah. And I was also wondering, besides the sort of killer fact in construction on campus for the next 10 years, what was the most surprising thing that you learned during your reporting? That's a great question. I think the most like surprising thing a good question. I think just like the breakdown of the budgeting and how each of the projects are funded, um, that was something that was completely new to me. I'll admit I was one of those skeptics that was like, hey, tuition's going up. You know, where is my money going? Um, (laughs) But after digging in and kind of looking through the process and where the university can get money from to pay for the specific projects was really um, enlightening and interesting. Enlightening. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked. I like that word. That is a um, good word. <laughs> but I just I think that was kind of the most surprising thing was it's not what it seemed it would be. Yeah, 
I also noticed that there were like a lot of multimedia elements in the story as well. Shout out to the design team on that one. I know I got spoiled. (laughs) You got spoiled a little bit. (laughs) And I also saw I also saw a video from one of our lovely resident videographers, James Welch. Um, I'm not sure if I pronounce his name right. I'm sorry, James. (laughs) I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the sort of process with working with multimedia and also for if people from other teams just to like tell people what that's sort of like and how that comes together yeah um it was really easy actually James reached out and said that he was um, interested in working on a video to go with the story and I was really excited I said yeah that sounds great um and then I invited him to come with me to one of my interviews with Mike Harwood actually um and for that process i interviewed Mike, um, just the two of us to kind of get the information for the story before he was on camera, just because sometimes when people are on camera, they can get kind of nervous, um, and not necessarily expand as much as they would have. But yeah, so I just talked with him. And then after we were done with the interview, um, we sent James in and we asked a couple more questions just to get some of those key quotes, um, and important information on video and audio. And yeah. So I guess we're coming close to the end of this week's podcast of how it's reported i was also wondering what happens next in this story yeah um for the next 10 years maybe, for the I next guess? 10 years gotcha i was like well that's a great question um each of the projects outlined in the um in the plan are divided into three categories so the first one is like current projects which is like what's being built right now like the health center and um bean and all of those buildings um the second group is current or excuse me, um, planned and likely projects, which have not been approved by the Board of Trustees, but they're in the design phase. And then the third category is potential future projects, which is kind of next on the to-do list of what the university wants to build. So basically the ones that are being built right now are obviously approved. They're happening. They'll be done. But planned and likely projects are set to be presented to the Board of Trustees, I believe, this summer, if not next fall. Um, where they will then like approve each um, each project um, on a rolling basis when they come through the the board of trustees, um, yeah, and then they'll also be up for state funding as well. So it just depends on how much state funding we get and if the board of trustees approves each of the projects if they'll actually be built. Sounds like it's coming back to money and bureaucracy. <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the questions that I had for you, but I was wondering. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention that, even if it seems minor, I, you wanted to talk about? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I think just circling back to um, it's important to kind of educate yourself on how tuition is a factor. I think that's really important um, to see that your money isn't all going just to a new building. There are other things that pay for these um, buildings like Revenue bonds, state bonds, and donations, I think, is really important. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of How It's Reported. I'm Ryan Wynn. I'm Hannah Kanick. Jake, you can join in, too. (laughs) (laughs) And this has been How It's Reported. How It's Reported comes out every Wednesdays. You can check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, right there on the Daily Emerald homepage. Uh, See you next week.
So. Oh, could you keep going? <laughs> for sure. Um, this morning for breakfast, I had oatmeal and bananas okay. and a cup of yeah. coffee. Just make sure you speak up. Oatmeal is so good. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. I found a new recipe where what I'll put it? peanut butter in my oatmeal. I thought about that. That sounds so good. <laughs> but the trick is you have to do it right when it comes out of the microwave or like oh. off the stove. So it melts really nice. That sounds amazing. It's a pro tip. Holy crap. 